Chatters, chatties, welcome home for a Great American Chat, a podcast where we chat about Great American media. I'm Chad Maurice. Oh boy, we have a lot of catching up to do. Well, at least I do. As far as these movies go, I am behind in these movie recaps because I've been trying to chat more with the filmmakers, the actors, the directors, the screenwriters. I thought maybe you would be more interested in hearing interviews rather than hearing me chat chat about these movies. So I wasn't going to recap every movie, but I thought, you know, what the heck? There's only 18 movies. I should be able to get through them all by the end of December. So today, let me get this set up. Here we go. Today, we are chatting about the first three Great American Christmas movies. Destined at Christmas, Catering Christmas, and Christmas Lovers Anonymous. We're kicking it off with Destined at Christmas. This one premiered back in October, October 22nd. Stars Shay Robbins and Casey Elliott. It was written and directed by Brittany Wiscombe, who I had the pleasure of chatting with here on the podcast a few days after this movie aired. The synopsis says Kim and Theo meet in the midst of Black Friday shopping madness, and there's a definite spark between them. When a power outage causes some panic at a store, the couple gets separated. With Christmas coming, there are plenty of distractions, but neither Kim nor Theo can forget each other. Both yearn to find each other. But how? With so little information to go on. It'll take a little Christmas magic and destiny to bring them back together. All right, so this movie kicks off. We see Theo and Kim. They meet shopping on Black Friday. Theo is trying to find this toy that his daughter wants, but he is having no luck at all. Kim buys it for her niece and decides to give it to Theo because Kim is a nice person. Theo takes her out for breakfast to thank her for Christmas traditions. He talks about taking his daughter to some gingerbread competition. And she talks about seeing a Christmas carol with her family. They shop some more. Then the lights go out in one of the stores. In fact, the power goes out in the entire shopping center. They get separated. They can't find each other. They don't know each other's last names or phone numbers. Theo, look, bro. When you meet a hottie out shopping on Black Friday, you need to get her full name, her address, her social security, her mother's maiden name. Get all the info you can. <laughs> she doesn't leave your site until you've done a full background check, man. <laughs> we find out that Kim has an ex named Zach who wants her back. And Sharon has this friend, or I mean Sharon. Theo has this friend named Sharon, and she has a crush on Theo. But Theo got her. So Theo and Kim spend the rest of the film trying to find each other. Kim goes back to the place where they had breakfast and asks the waitress if she knows who Theo is. She goes to one of the stores where they shopped and asks to see the security tapes, and she gets hit on by one of the employees. Theo's daughter, uh, let's see, meets Kim at a museum where she works, but has no idea who she is. Theo goes to the theater where A Christmas Carol is playing and misses Kim just by seconds. And he meets Kim's mother, but 
Uh, she doesn't know that that he doesn't know that that's Kim's mother. Kim goes to that gingerbread competition, finds out that one of the competitors is named Ashley Hall, which is Theo's daughter. But since she has no idea what Theo's last name is or what his daughter's name is, none of this registers with her. Now, throughout this movie, Kim counts down the December days on this advent calendar. And when I chatted with Brittany, the writer and director of this, she told me she purchased this calendar off of Amazon. So since this movie has aired, a ton of people have purchased this calendar. And if you're interested in purchasing it, uh, I posted the link on my on social media. You can find the link in my bio on Instagram and Twitter. So check that out if you want to get a copy of it before December. I'd say before Christmas, Zach, Kim's ex, buys a house and wants Kim to move to move in with him. Kim is like, hey, no way, Jose. Zach tells her the contractor he is working with is named Theo Hall. And ding, ding, ding. Bells go off. Whistles start blowing. Kim realizes that this is the Theo that she has been looking for. So she stalks him down, finds out where he works, and pays him a visit. She peeks through the window of his business and sees him with Sharon. Uh-oh. Now she thinks that he is in a relationship with her. So she gets all bummed out and walks away. Oh, now it's Christmas Eve. Theo goes to the Christmas village where Kim says she and her family go every year. They meet Santa. They find each other. They make out in front of Zach and Sharon and everybody's happy. Oops, let me get rid of that for a second. Okay, so the WIL, what I like about this movie. It was filmed in Utah in February. It has real snow. It has winter fields. And it has Christmas fields. The two years are good in case you them. What I really like, it has an original story. One that I've never seen before. And I was telling Brittany when I chatted with her, Thanksgiving weekend is my favorite weekend of the entire year. So I love that this movie takes place on Black Friday and they meet while they're shopping. And also like that the story occurs over the entire month of December rather than just a few days before Christmas like most of these movies do. So I thought it was fun waiting to see how they would find each other. That kept my attention. And I appreciate the end when they do find each other that they don't confess their love for each other because they've only known each other for a couple hours while they're shopping. Time for the DMS. What did not make sense? The only thing that didn't make sense to me was when the blackout occurred at the store in the beginning, most people, if you met someone you like while you're shopping, most people store and wait them to come out and not left. Uh, you know, they would have waited for the other person to come out, but none of them, they didn't do that. Both of them just left, left the store and took off. Of course, if, if they would have waited for each other, the movie wouldn't have happened. And that's the entire premise of this movie is that they get separated. So somehow they have to get separated. But I think what should have happened, I think they should have had one of the characters wait outside the store for the other one to come out. And they should have just waited there for for until the story, until the whole store empty, emptied. 
and then realize, well, they must have left, so I guess I'll go home. I think if one of the characters would have waited outside the store, I think it would have made the story a little bit more believable. But I still like this movie. Like I said, I like the the whole original story of it and, and how they met. I think this stars and you listening, written by Kara Russell, who I also chatted with too. It was directed by T.W. Peacock, who also directed The Winter Palace and Royally Wrapped for Christmas. The synopsis says a fledgling, fledgling caterer, Molly Frost, is hired by Gene Harrison, the perfectionist director of the renowned Harrison Foundation, to cater this year's annual Christmas gala dinner. Things get complicated when Molly falls for Gene's nephew, Carson, a travel photographer with no desire to take over the, the family's foundation, until his aunt assigns him to the task of making sure the catered dinner goes perfectly. So this movie starts off, we meet Molly Frost. She's a caterer, she cooks, she bakes, she's good at balancing stuff, and she looks fantastic in winter coats. Then we see Gene Harrison, Harris, no, Gene Harrison. Yeah, that's right. She's a wealthy woman and she's putting on this Christmas gala. She wants her nephew Carson, this guy, to take over the foundation that she runs. He says no, but I'll take pictures at the gala for you. Now, I have to say this movie, I love the support characters in this movie. Um, these two, in my opinion, made this movie. Aunt Jean, played by Rosemary Dunsmore, and her assistant Robert, played by Michael Hanron, who, if you remember, was also in Royally Rapper. So Aunt Jean needs to hire a caterer for the gala, so she interviews two of them, Molly and her competition, the Bradford Brothers. Has a cute has a cute meet in the kitchen with Carson, who she thinks is her sous chef. Carson's aunt Jean decides to hire the Bradford brothers, but Carson says, "Hold on a minute." He convinces her to hire Molly instead because hey, <laughs> he likes her muffins. <laughs> His aunt tells him to work with Molly and help her out and keep an eye on her. So they spend time together throughout the rest of this movie preparing for this gala. And of course, they begin to develop feelings for each other. The gala is a huge success. Aunt Jean tells Molly at the party that she's the one who assigned Carson to work with her. And Molly gets all upset. She hides behind the Christmas tree. She thinks Carson was only spending time with her to keep an eye on her. To patch things up with between them, Angie sends Molly to the Christmas, wait, the Christmas Inn in the square, it's called, where the foundation has a booth set up. She does this so that Molly will run into Carson. And Molly does run into Carson. As soon as she sees him, she, she forgives him for everything, for no reason. She doesn't even ask him if he was only spending time with her. Because his aunt told him to. I guess that's not important because, you know, once you look into those eyes, all your anger just leaves your body. Poof, it's gone. 
So at the end, they are kissing. Gene and Robert are kissing. Everyone is kissing. All right, what I liked. Merritt and Daniel, really good in this movie. They have good chemistry. I love the supporting characters, like I mentioned before. Rosemary Dunsmore and Michael Hanrahan, too. And I also love that it was a double couple movie. And the sets were nice, too. The house had served as the Harrison estate. They were amazing, both on the inside and out. So the bad part is that I've seen this movie before. Matter of fact, I think we've all seen this movie before a couple times. You ever seen the movie Best Christmas Party Ever? Starred Tori DeVito and Steve Lund. Same exact story, except Tori's character is a party, pan, party planner instead of a caterer. But Steve Lund's aunt is this wealthy woman, and she hires him to plan this party with Tori DeVito, Tori DeVito and help her out. But, you know, a lot of these movies have the same story, so you can't fault it there. It's uh, still a movie. I liked it. I liked the cast. Everyone on social media enjoyed it. Enjoyed it. So if you haven't seen it, I'm sure that you will enjoy it also. All right, we have to talk about this one. Christmas Lovers Anonymous. It stars Brooke Burfitt, I think is where you pronounce that, and Houston Rines is written by Lexi Giovagnoli and Lisa Hepner and Elizabeth Snodderly. And it was directed by Lexi. So Lexi did some writing and directing on this one. The synopsis says a best-selling author hides her love for Christmas after an ugly breakup. Finding love again when she joins a website called Christmas Lovers Anonymous for people who are crazy about Christmas. So we meet Katrina and Hunter. Katrina goes by Cat, and she loses her boyfriend and her job right before Christmas. What was her job? Who knows? They don't tell us. Why did she lose? Who was her boyfriend? Well, his name was Mark. He breaks up with her because she likes Christmas more than him. Shit on her. Loving the birth of our Savior more than him. Man, the nerve of some people. So Kat, she writes a book because she is feeling grinchy about getting dumped twice, once by her boss and once by her boyfriend. She feels guilty about writing this book, though, so she throws the transcript in the garbage. Her sister, Lindsay, pulls it out and gets it published. The name of the book is called Just Say No to Ho Ho Ho. And she goes on the talk show circuit to promote it. Get something there? Oh, not yet. Okay. The book is a huge success. Everyone thinks that Cat is a Grinch. So she has to go into hiding. She can't Christmas shop, she can't decorate, she can't go caroling. All she can do is play on her computer. So she finds this website called Christmas Lovers Anonymous. And she begins chatting with other Christmas lovers anonymously. <laughs> she chooses a username. Her username is Santa's Little Helper. And she begins chatting with someone named Jolly Soul. Now, Hunter is a reporter. They're both reporters, actually. I believe Hunter works in TV and Cat 
works for a newspaper, I believe. His boss, Hunter's boss, assigns him to do a story on the author who wrote Just Say No to Ho Ho Ho. He soon realizes that she is a fraud, and he tells his boss he wants to expose her. So he begins stalking Cat. Meanwhile, Santa's little helper continues talking with Jolly Soul on the Christmas, Lover, Christmas Lovers Anonymous website. Hunter interviews Cat, and Cat tells her roommate she thinks Hunter knows that she is faking this whole I hate Christmas thing. Now, throughout the movie, since they are both reporters, they keep running into each other, covering all the local Christmas festivities. Dolly Soul tells Cat that they should meet, but she says no, but later changes her mind. Before they meet up, Cat gets tired of shopping online, so she goes outside and does some Christmas shopping, and Hunter catches her with her car full of packages and takes a video of her. Then they decide on a meeting place and time. But before Cat sees Hunter, he sees her, realizes that she is Santa's little helper. He says, I'm out of here. Turns around and leaves. I try to stop the story that is going to expose her, but it's too late. Now, the video he took of her shopping gets shown on TV and Cat is crushed. Cat decides to come clean at the TV station and does an interview with Hunter's co-worker, who happens to be the director of this movie. During the interview, Cat finds out that Hunter tried to stop the story, and she also finds out that he has been chatting with someone on a Christmas website, so she realizes that he is Jolly Soul. After that interview, Cat gets a call from a from a publisher who wants her to write a new book, one called The Joys of Christmas. Then she messages Jolly Soul and says, I want to meet. They finally meet up. He's happy. She's happy. He gives her a gift and a kiss, and all is right with the world. Okay, what I liked... I like this story. Yeah. Even though I've seen it before. Oh, many times. We've all seen this this, this same story before. Um, where two people that can't stand each other in person, but they love conversing online, but they don't know that they're talking to each other online. It's This movie's a nod to movies like You've Got Mail, Sleepless in Seattle, Bottled with Love, My Secret Valentine, I think, are two movies that, that are like this also. So, yeah, I kind of like the storyline. Uh, things that didn't make sense. The DMS. When Kat threw her transcript in the garbage, her sister Lindsay pulls out and gets it published. Now, if Kat threw the transcript away, why does she agree to have, have the publish? That make any sense. I mean, you need the author's permission in order to publish a book. There's contracts that need to be signed. Anyway, it took me watching this movie three times to figure out that this book was published a year after Lindsay pulled it out of the garbage. The first time watching, I didn't know if this book was published just a few weeks later or if it was the next Christmas. I had no clue. It should have said during the talk show scene when it showed her promoting this book, it should have said somewhere on the screen to let the viewers know that it was a year later and that it was the, the, the next Christmas. 
But this movie kept me interested. I was curious to see how they would react when they found out who they were chatting with online. So this movie wasn't too bad. You know, for a low-budget film that they acquired off the Roku channel, I kind of liked it. Of the three movies, uh, boy, I have to think. I think I guessed I think so. I thought it had a fun original story that I'd never seen before, and I really liked that. So I'm ranking these as I'm watching them, and I'm going to put Destined at Christmas number one right now. Followed at number two with Catering Christmas, and number three, Christmas Lovers Anonymous. Now, next time we, now the next recap, oh yeah, wait a minute, the next time we talk, I think I've got some interviews coming up, but the next recaps I'm going to be doing, I'm going to be chatting about A Royal Christmas on Ice. And love at the Christmas contest. Oh, yeah. Spoiler alert. That one was a little painful for me to watch. But anyway. Also, like I mentioned, I've got some interviews coming up. So stay tuned for those. I think I've got one coming up this week. And some next week, I think. Stay tuned for those. And you can follow me on social media so you don't miss those. I'm at GAC TV podcast and at Chad Maurice until next time chatters. Thank you for being here. And until we chat again, you keep the faith, keep smiling, keep your friends close and keep your great American family closer.